Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Good morning, Lighthouse. So excited. So glad to be here with you guys this morning. So glad. Thank you, Eddie. This is Eddie. If you haven't met him, he is one of my favorite people in the world. Love Eddie. All right. He is my mechanic. He is on our host team. He always has a smile, always an encourager. Thank you so much. All right. We are so, so glad uh, to be joining you guys this morning. You guys can go ahead and take a seat for a minute. First of all, we just want to thank God for the opportunity to make it here this morning, to be here today. We want to thank our, our pastor as well. We want to uh, greet him. He's watching watching online. Uh, he's actually he's, he's out of town for a wedding, so please keep him in, in, in your prayers as he comes back. And he sends his greetings to everybody as well. Uh, if we haven't met, it's because I'm new here. Uh, I'm Sam. Pastor Sam, you can call me. Or, I mean, you can just call me Sam. That's fine. Uh, I have a picture of my family so you guys can get to to know us a little bit. Uh, this is my beautiful wife uh, and our two great kids and the two other ones. No, we have four great kids. Uh, so we are, we are so blessed to be a part of this church. It was just my wife's birthday yesterday, so I want to wish her a, a happy birthday. I love you, babe. All right. And we have been here a couple of months, but this feels like home. You guys have been awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for, for welcoming us for being such an amazing, an amazing church. We are so privileged. We are so honored. It's been great getting to know everybody. If you haven't met me, that means I haven't met you. So introduce yourself. I want to get to know you guys. Uh, and we want to just do life together with you guys. Uh, so I'm glad, glad to be here. I want to take a second. Uh, I know I've only been a member of this church a few months, uh, but I've been a, a podcast listener the whole time. So anybody listening on the podcast, watching online, welcome once again. It's awesome. And if you're ever at, uh, not here one day, if you miss a service, we encourage you, tune in online or catch the podcast later. Uh, they're amazing, amazing. Thank God for our pastor who's just bringing it week, week after week. Pastor Josh and his wife, their vision uh, for this church, how God is using them. We are so, so grateful for them. And uh, just the other day, we were, we were talking in our, in our connect group about how, how pastor brings it, how every week the messages are amazing, they're relevant, they're on point, how he makes those connections. Uh, and right there, and then my daughter from across the room looks at me, and she's like, reading my mind. She's like, no pressure, Dad. I'm like, thanks. All right. But we're going to do our best. It's beautiful. The morning was cold. I was nervous. Now it's nice and warm and feeling good. So we're going to get right into the Word. Uh, if you want to start getting your Bibles, we're going to be reading out of Philippians. We are in a series called Reply All. And I want to thank you guys uh, because... You guys did a great job. Those of you that submitted your information, that asked your questions, uh, man, they were good. They're great questions. These are difficult, challenging topics. Uh, you guys kept it real. You guys kept it raw. But thank God that we have some, some great pastors at this church, like Pastor Josh, who are going to be real right back at you, right? Who are going to not skirt away from the difficult topics, not shy away from the difficult issues. Uh, even Pastor Bobby the other day with his message, man, that was impactful about bringing up teenagers and all the challenges in that. So today is no exception. Our, our goal is to be real with you guys 
and we're going to be talking about the very serious topic of mental health. Mental health. All right. If I could ask you to stand to your feet just for the reading of the word, we're going to be reading Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Actually, six, uh, verses 6 through 8. Chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, and it's right there on the screen. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Why don't we pray one more time? Lord, we come before you on this beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you for the rain, Lord, but thank you for the sun today, that we could just come together, worship you, Lord, connect with you, connect with your Holy Spirit. Now we ask that in that same spirit, Lord, you speak to us. You open our hearts and our minds to listen to what you have for us today. Lord, let me not get in the way of your message. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And you guys can go ahead and take your seats one more time. All right. So we're going to talk about a very serious and a very sensitive topic today. So, of course, I want to start with something funny. Uh, so I saw this, this little text thread online, and I thought it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, it's, they're texting each other, and someone says, I'm here for you. The other one says, thanks. I'm going through a tough time, so it means a lot. And sorry, I lost my contacts. Who is this? And the answer, it's your Uber driver. So there you go. <laughs> all right. But in all seriousness, I actually do want to start with some disclaimers. Right? There's some important things when we talk about this. Uh, because this is a topic that... Not a lot of churches are willing to address. Not a lot of churches are willing to talk about. But it's very real. And a few things you need to know right up front. First of all, just like a physical sickness, Christians are not immune from mental health issues. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, right? And mental health is a challenge for people that are inside and people that are outside of the church. Two, just like physical pain and suffering, Emotional pain and suffering are real, and they need to be addressed. Talking about mental health needs needs to stop being a taboo in our churches. If we're going through emotional, relational, or psychological problems, this church is not going to judge you, it is not going to condemn you, and it is not going to ignore you. Three, just like having physical health issues, having mental health issues is not a sin. You do not need to feel ashamed. You do not need to feel rejected by God. We are here for you, and God is here for you. Four, just like going to the doctor and taking medicine for a physical ailment, going to counseling or therapy or taking psychiatric medication for mental health-related reasons is not a lack of faith or a sign of spiritual weakness. Yes, of course, we pray, we come together, we put it before God, but thank God that he has provided mental health experts, professionals that are here to help us, just like they help us with our physical traumas, also with our emotional or mental traumas. Amen? Amen. And then the last one, a little caveat. While this message is meant to give you both a biblical and a scientific perspective on mental well-being, it is not a substitute for professional therapy or counseling. All right, you're not going to walk out of here, and it's not a quick fix. 
Okay, just a little background on me. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a licensed counselor. I do have a bachelor's of science in psychology, um, and I've been doing some research, and my hope and my prayer is that today is the beginning, that today helps you make some better informed decisions about your mental health, but this is not a therapy session, all right? If you need some extra help, we can help you. Come talk to us, and we'll help you find the help that you need, okay? So I'm coming to you today as both a pastor and as a researcher, as a man of God, but also a scientist. Uh, and, and I'm just amazed at how throughout, I don't know if you've actually had some time to research a little bit of psychology or some of the research behind mental health, but I am impressed about how it takes scientists thousands of years to come back with what the Bible's been telling us all along. Right? Uh, it's amazing how in sync uh, the Bible and, and, and scientists are, are, are coming with to terms with what God has been telling us to take care of ourselves this whole time. And in fact, the more research they do, the more it aligns with the scripture. So today, we're going to get into the word. We're going to go back all the way to the beginning, all the way to the book of Genesis. Uh, and we're going to see how God was already modeling the healthy mental health practices that scientists have taken thousands of years to figure out. And this topic hits home. This topic is very personal for me because one of the research studies I was reading uh, says that if you have a relative with a mental disorder, you are five times more likely to have issues with your own mental health, right? They say that there is a genetic predisposition to these kind of challenges. And I don't know about your family, but those those genes, they're in my family. So I, I need to be, as a father, as the spiritual leader of my home, I need to be equipped, I need to be trained, I need to be uh, studied up so to know what the best things I can do to protect my family and for their well-being. So that's something I also I hope that we can do together today. All right, so what do we do if we're struggling with mental health issues, with depression, with thoughts of suicide, with anxiety? Well, as I said, there is no quick fix to mental health issues. If you break a bone, if you want to get in shape, those things take time. And you have to follow certain pat patterns, certain requirements, certain steps, certain guidelines, certain strategies to be well. It's the same thing with mental health. It's going to take time. There is no quick fix. But what I can tell you is that what you're not going to do is go to the wrong places to try to get the help that you need. All right? Avoidance, escapism is not the answer. Going towards substance abuse, alcohol abuse, suicide, those are not going to fix the problem. They might seem like they're quick solutions to a problem, but they're not. And I want to address this right up front, and I want to be clear, because the last thing we want is to have a tragedy because you didn't know where to go for help. If you are struggling with thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Hotline. Yes, come to the pastors. Yes, get some help. And if you need somebody to be there with you, man, we will be there with you. Find a friend. Find somebody. But call. The number is 988. They just redid it so that everybody can memorize the number. And there is help. Thank God that there are these resources available that were not there in the past so that now we can ha get the help that we need. And yes, of course, come to the church. We will pray with you. We will guide you and hopefully point you in the right direction. And some of you are thinking, oh, I don't know about this getting help thing, Sam. Man, I feel like if I, if I ask for help, they're just going to give me a bunch of pills. They'll send me to a shrink, just, you know, medicate me up. 
and, and I'll just be worse in the end. And I want you to kind of break that stereotype because that is, that is not the case, okay? Uh, in fact, research tells us that with proper behavior modification, most people don't need any medication to stay mentally and emotionally fit. And even if you do end up needing medication, which is okay, treatment for mental health disorders is always comprehensive. That means that a pill is not going to fix the problem all by itself. There needs to be some behavior change, what's called cognitive behavior therapy. You need to change your lifestyle. But when people make the necessary changes to their lifestyle and their mindset, they actually respond much better to therapy and to any medication. So what I want to do today is I want to share some tips to improve or maintain your mental health. Have you guys ever seen those books that uh, say, eat this, not that, right? And they tell you what you should be eating and what you shouldn't be doing, uh, eating. Well, I'm going to do that a little bit. I'm going to say, do this, not that. That's how we're going to structure uh, our, the body of our message today. What you should be doing and what you shouldn't uh, be doing, okay? To have some healthy mental health practices and to stay mentally and emotionally fit. So let's go ahead, get right into it. If you're taking notes, this is the part you want to write some things down. All right, number one. You want to have healthy connections. You do not want to be isolated. Research has found that loneliness is one of the leading causes of depression. But we knew that way back from the book of Genesis. The first thing that God says is not good is what? He says, it is not good for the man to be alone. You guys know how a lion catches its prey? It'll isolate. It'll separate its victim from the herd. It'll get it away where it could trap it and catch it all by itself. And the Bible tells us that the enemy is out like a roaring lion. So guess what he's trying to do? Whoa, that's okay. I got my, I got my laptop. All right, but thank you. All right. He's trying to isolate us. He's trying to get us by ourselves so that he can come in. Thank you so much. And attack us when we're not protected when we're not surrounded, right? Uh, he knows that the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, what does it say? Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And look, some of us are sitting in the, under this tent today and we are surrounded by dozens and dozens of believers, but we're still feeling alone. We don't have a support system. We have no one that we can go to for help. We have no one that we can be open about with our situation. We are suffering. We are slowly dying in silence because we feel that we're the only ones going through these challenges. So we dress up and we look pretty on Sundays on the outside, but we're hurting on the inside. And this doesn't, this isn't one of those churches. If you are going through something, there is a community of people here who love you, who are going to stand by you, who are going to pray with you, who are going to help you out, who are not going to let you do life alone. Do not believe the lies of the enemy. The Bible tells us in Ephesians, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow uh, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So even if this is your first time here, first of all, we got Starbucks for you. Second of all, you're part of our family now. 
We are here for you. And if you need anything, we're here for you. Amen? Amen? All right. So please, please stop trying to do life alone. We have connect groups. We just have a few weeks left in this season, but we have, they start back up. We take a break. We start them back up. We have a community here. Join the dream team. Get involved. I know that sometimes we're in a rush to get to our cars at the end of service because we have a lot of things to do on a Sunday, but take a few minutes. Stick around. Talk to some people. Make some connections. You'll be surprised that they probably needed to connect with you as much as you needed to connect with them. So that's what we're here. We're here for each other as the body of Christ, as the family of believers, and we're going to watch each other's back. That was number one. Number two, second habit you need to have. Prayer and meditation, not rumination. Research tells us that prayer and meditation work wonders for our mental health. What did the verse that we read say? It said, meditate on these things. Not ruminate on bad things. You guys know what rumination is? It's pretty nasty. It's when a cow only partially digests uh, the, the grass that it's eating, it'll go find you know, some corner to stand in, and it'll regurgitate the partially digested, uh, digested grass, and then it'll just chew on it, chew on it, chew on it, chew on it, and then re-swallow it. Yum. How many of us do the same thing? Something happens we don't like. We have a conversation we're not happy with. And we go stand in a corner somewhere. Bring it back up. And chew on it. And chew. I should have said this. What did she mean when she said that? Oh, man, the next time I see him. Oh, man. And we just chew on it. We ruminate. We chew the cud. And then we swallow it back up. That's not what we're called to do. You got to follow what Prophet Elsa said. Let it go. All right? Bring it. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. Amen. All right. Let's not do that with our thoughts. The Bible tells us you want to take every thought captive. Dr. Daniel Amen. I heard him. He was speaking. He gave this this great, great talk about what he calls automatic negative thoughts. He tells us that negative thoughts are automatic. Positive thoughts are intentional. You have a propensity to automatically think negatively. And you have to make a conscious decision not to think about those things. Sam, are you telling me that I'm in control of what I think of? Yes. Look, I realize that you can't control what pops into your head. Okay, sometimes thoughts just come. But you can decide whether you keep them and whether you chew on them, all right? That is your choice to make, all right? Whether you want to chew on them all day long or you want to give them to the Lord and let it go. In fact, a little book recommendation. I know Pastor Josh likes to recommend some books. A total classic if you haven't read it yet. Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Myers. Beautiful little book. If you're struggling with this, I highly, highly recommend it. So that we can go and we can renew our minds, the Bible says. And let's do it through prayer and through meditation, bringing it to the Lord. Sam, meditation, isn't that like a, like a Buddhist thing? What do you mean? No, no, no. I want you to know that meditation is mentioned in the Bible almost 30 times. Yes, you know why Buddhists do it? Because it works. That's why it's important that you do it. But you know where it comes from? From the book of Genesis. Go back to Genesis 24, 63. Look at what it says. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. 
And that's when God sent him a wife. Some of you single guys, I think that's what you need. <laughs> All right. But look at that. Man, when is the last time you went out in the evening in a sunset to an open place and just connected with God and just meditated on his goodness and on his creation? Oh, man, that'll heal your soul. In fact, that's my next step. Next tip. Get out into God's creation. Genesis. Where did God put Adam and Eve? In an office building? <laughs> Inside a car? No, where did he put them? In a garden. With the trees and the flowers and the animals and the beauty and the sun and the moon and the stars. When's the last time you took some time to connect with God's creation? So many of us are trapped. Look at what does it say in the book of Genesis. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was very good. And he put them in that garden. You guys ever hear the story of the polar bear? So the zoo got a polar bear, and, and they got him a little early, and they weren't ready. They hadn't built the enclosure yet, right? So they put the bear in a cage. And for two years, while they were building it, the bear took two steps forward and two steps back, just trapped in that cage. Two years later, they finally had this Klondike scenery, beautiful Alaskan, you know, uh, setting for the bear, and they let the bear out. What did the bear do? Two steps forward, two steps back. How many of us, because of the traps and the prisons that we were in when we were walking without Christ, Christ has set us free, and what are we doing? Two steps forward, two steps back. He's like, no, I got you. You're free. The Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Even Bob Marley said, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. Free yourself. Guys, our, one of our goals at this church, first, that you know God. But anybody know the second one? That you find freedom. We want you to be set free, to live the abundant life that Christ has for you. I like what the songwriter John Foreman calls him. He calls them modern Lexus cages, modern job cages, modern Netflix cages, modern cell phone cages. We are trapped in the modern day rat race of making money, trying to get that promotion, and trying to win, that whole winning thing. You know what the problem with winning the rat race is? That you're still a rat. And for some of us, that's our number one goal. We got to break free from that, guys. The Bible says, what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So get out there. Connect with God. Let go. Let go of the phone. Let go of the, the, the subscriptions. And sometimes you got to let go of the job. Let go of things and just connect with God. right? And you don't have to drive out an hour into the desert. Man, just sitting under a tree. You got to park down the block. You got a front yard, a backyard. Go down to the beach 15 minutes away and take some time and connect with God in his creation. Amen? Amen. Next one. Take care of your body and take care of your brain. First Corinthians tells us your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give you three science facts. Positive or good mental health is positively correlated with a healthy diet, plenty of exercise, and sufficient sleep. So let's talk about those real quick. First, diet. Sorry, I have to do this to you. All right. 
What did God give Adam and Eve to eat? Let's go back to Genesis. Let's go back to the beginning. Genesis 1.29. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. This will be your food. He didn't say every cheeseburger. He didn't say every Twinkie, every bag of Takis, and a monster energy drink, <laughs> which describes some of our diets some days. And I love that stuff, okay? I love dessert. I love a good steak. But we got to put good stuff into our bodies. It's correlated to good mental health, not just good physical health. We need to stop putting garbage in and then wondering why all that we get out is garbage. right? And not just through our mouth. What are you putting into your eyes? What are you putting into your ears? Man, if you were not here a few weeks ago with Pastor Josh's message called The Consumption Crisis, September 18, 2022, you can look it, up, look it up on the podcast, look it up on YouTube. Man, that was a powerful message about the kind of things that we're putting into our body. In fact, there's over, I think, this church has been three years, uh, almost four years. That means that we're almost at 400 messages. If you're looking for some good stuff to put into your body, Go back, man. Those podcasts, I love them. Some of these messages are worth listening to two, three times even. So I highly, highly recommend that. But okay, moving on. Exercise. You need to work hard. Look at what Genesis says. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Do you know when this was? This was before the fall. What? Yeah, work is not a punishment. Work is good for you. Work is healthy for you. When you are active, when you're moving, when you're sweating a little, it releases endorphins, it gets your circulation going, it cleans out your body, and it refreshes your soul. Look, I, I kind of have an office job. If you don't know, I'm a math teacher. So, you know, I, I give lessons, I grade papers. I don't get a lot of, uh, a lot of, of action in my job. That's why I, I love, I love Demo Day. If you're missing out on Demo Day, you are missing out on free therapy. <laughs> Because you can keep your medication. This is all I need. <laughs> Man, when Salah walks over with one of these, with a sledgehammer, and says, you see that wall? I need it to go down. Man, that is a breakthrough. <laughs> all right, literally and emotionally. So come out. Get something. Do something. Run. Join the gym. Get some exercise. Get some movement going. It is good for you. The Bible tells us idle hands are the devil's workshop. Idle lips are his mouthpiece. That's the living Bible translation Proverbs 16, 27. So let's not sit around. A lot of us sit around being idle, sit around doing nothing, and then we wonder why we keep falling into the same ruts, into the same traps, into the same problems, in the same situations. It's because God created us to stay busy. But he also created us to rest. And that's the next one. Just like you work hard, you need to rest hard. One of my college professors was an expert on something called circadian rhythms. And he was explaining to us that the human being is created, is designed to work certain hours during the day and then to sleep and then to come back. It's a rhythm. And some of us are staying up till 3 in the morning watching Netflix and we can't figure out why our emotions are a mess. And we can't figure out why we're getting upset so easily. We can't figure out why our body is in a chemical imbalance. It's because you're not following your body's natural rhythm of work and rest. That's how God designed it to work. Mark tells us, this is a beautiful little passage that maybe we, we just glance over sometimes. Mark 6, 31. This is Jesus. It says, Then, because so many people were coming and going, 
that they, that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Work hard, rest hard. If you don't know, it's one of the commandments. It's one of the top ten. He works six days, you take a day off. You spend time with family. You renew yourself. You take some time to refresh. So let's take care of our bodies. Amen? Number five, gratitude and service. Research tells us that living a life of gratitude and service is highly correlated with emotional well-being. When you learn to live a life of serving others instead of being self-centered and focusing on yourself and a life full of gratitude and appreciation for everything that God has given you, your mental health does very well. 2 Corinthians tells us, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. And it doesn't stop there. Then it says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Wow. We need to be like a cup. We sing about a cup overflowing. You know what that means? That means that God gives and gives. And that's a blessing. And thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. But we need to let that cup overflow so that others can be blessed as well. And when that's the way you look at your life and when that's your mindset, man, there is fulfillment, there is purpose, there is happiness, there is contentment. Few things in life, and if you haven't done this before, you need to get out and do it. Few things in life just fill your heart with joy, with endorphins, like going out there and blessing others, blessing the homeless, blessing those in need, blessing the elderly, blessing people going through things. Go out there. I recommend it. It is amazing, amazing therapy for your soul. And what you're not going to do is just worry about number one. Because when you're just focusing on yourself, when you're being self-centered, you end up alone and you end up wallowing in your own misery. When you're by yourself, what do you start doing? You start chewing the cud all over again. So let's go out there. Let's help. Let's bless others. The Bible says, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. It says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And then it says give thanks. Over and over the Bible tells us give thanks at all times. So that you, uh, first of all, for everything that God has given you, and so that you can go and be a blessing to those in need. I don't know if you want to be the greatest, but the Bible tells us anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. And that if you want to be the greatest, go and be the servant of everyone. All right, last one. This, what you want to do is you want to commit. Now, this one is a little techie, and, and I was reading some research on this, and I was really blown away by what I said. And, and I have kind of two, two parts to this. The first part probably won't shock you too much, especially if you're on a church on a Sunday morning, but the second part really got to me. Research tells us that flip-floppers are miserable. But you know how we already knew that? Because James says a, dub, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So take a second, think about your life. Is there something in your life where you need to make up your mind already? Maybe it's a job, maybe it's a move, maybe it's a relationship. If you're not sure, get some advice. Pray about it, but decide already. All right? And sorry, guys, I'm going to throw you under the bus, but ladies, it's time for him to put a ring on it. Okay? <laughs> Otherwise, you need to go find somebody better. All right? In fact, I was reading this, or listening to this, this research study 
I was super impressed with it. Because it was, it was a scientist who was not a Christian. He's not a believer. He was living with his girlfriend at the time. But he was doing research on commitment. And, and when the numbers finally came out, he was doing the math. And that day, he realized something. And he ran home. Well, he drove home. And he asked his girlfriend to marry him. Because he saw from the science that when you commit, you're going to have a healthier relationship. You're going to be a healthier person. And you're going to do better. So it's time for us to stop being flip-floppers. Right? Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And I want to finish on a pretty serious note, on something that I need you to think about. With this study that I was looking at, the first thing that it said is that devout believers report the lowest rates of depression and of anxiety. And that probably doesn't impress you too much. But people that are committed to God, controlled for other variables, have the lowest rates of depression and of anxiety and mental health problems. In fact, this is so scientifically proven that there are secular organizations out there, secular doctors out there who might not even believe in God themselves, non-religious hospitals, non-religious companies that have chaplains on staff, that have ministers on staff, that have spiritual counseling that will direct you towards spiritual counseling because they know that it is scientifically and statistically proven that people do better physically and psychologically when they have a healthy spiritual life and they have a healthy relationship with God. Okay, good. That's the good news. This is the bad news. And this is the one that got me. You know who had the highest rates of anxiety and depression? It wasn't the atheist. It was the non-committed believers. It was the people that were flip-flopping. They were wavering between two opinions. Those that were partially religious reported the highest rates of depression and anxiety. The Bible tells us, Elijah tells the people of Israel in the book of Kings, it says, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And then sadly it says, but the people said nothing. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And I want you to think about this. And I know that we always, we have an altar call on a weekly basis. And on a weekly basis we ask, who wants to commit their life to the Lord? But I need you to think about this. I need you to look. Maybe you're a little on the fence about the Bible, but look at the science. Do the research. Read it up. And then make a decision. And I pray that you will not choose to stay silent like the people of Israel. Look, after years of following Jesus, I can tell you that there is nothing, nothing like following the Lord. There is nothing that will give you fulfillment and purpose and fill your life and satisfy your soul. St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. Come to Jesus. Commit to him fully and it will transform your life. It will transform your family. It will transform your mind and your heart and you will be made a new creation. And this is hard to say and this is hard. This is my 
my scientist talking. But if you're not going to commit to Jesus, then walk away. Because you're better off. It's better than standing on the fence. But I pray that today you say, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is the best thing, the best decision that you can make today. And I promise you, regardless of all the medication, all the doctors, all the pills, anything, any choice you make in life, the most important choice that you make is whom you will serve. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. Pastor's been talking about the spirit of Babylon. If that's what you want to follow, follow that. But I pray today, if you need prayer, we have some amazing pastors at this church. If you need to talk to somebody, find one of us after the service. Talk to us. Find your connect group leader. Find the host. Find somebody. The welcome tent is open afterwards. We are here for you. This altar is open. More importantly than any of us, Jesus is here for you. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ. He is our champion. He is our leader. He declares who we are. And you will never be satisfied until you find your satisfaction and your meaning and your wholeness through Christ. So this altar is open. If you need prayer, I'm going to ask the pastors to come up. We want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. If you feel nervous, if you feel uncomfortable, wherever you are, you just raise your hand. We want to pray for you. We want you to know that there's a God who loves you, a God who died on the cross for you, a God who gave his life so that you can be healed, so that you can be made whole and you can come to him today and he has healing and he has comfort and he has the answers that you're looking for. Can we bow our heads and pray? Lord, we come before you grateful, thankful, Lord, for all that you've already done for us. Thankful, Lord, that since the beginning of time you have been guiding us. Your precepts have been directing us in how we should live our life. Lord, and we thank you that you died on the cross so that we can have the victory, so that we can be more than conquerors, so that we can be set free, so that we do not have to be held captive, Lord, to any disease, captive to any situation, to any problem. And this morning, I am grateful and I receive it and I rejoice in your salvation and I rejoice in your word. I rejoice, Lord, in the guidelines that you have set up to guide us, to direct us. Lord, I pray this morning for anybody who's coming to church, Lord, looking looking pretty on the outside, but hurting on the inside. Anybody who's going through a tough situation, anybody who's going through pain, anybody who's going through trauma, Lord, let them know that there is hope. Let them know that there is an answer. Let them know that there is a God who loves them, that there is a solution to their situation, that you are with them, that you are for them and not against them, that you have a calling and that you have a purpose for their life that you have created them with intent that they are not to be anxious they are not to be depressed they are not a waste they are not an accident they are your creation they are wonderfully and majestically made and that you are calling them that you want to change their life that you want to transform their family that you want to make them a new creation and we come before you today Lord willing and accepting Lord what you have given us thankful and grateful asking that we can go out and we can live this out that you can be with us that you can guide us and you can direct us in everything that we do Jesus we put ourselves in your hands can we just worship right now church can we declare it can you say it from the bottom of our hearts 
there might be a mountain in your life, but they fall when he speaks. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. He declares who you are. And then he crowns you with confidence. He replaces your depression. He replaces your anxiety. He replaces your troubles and your situations with his victory. And you are seated in the heavenly place. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High King. Declare that this morning. Believe it this morning. Embrace that this morning. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.